I got good news to bring. And I am incredibly overwhelmed, beyond belief, excited about tonight's message. Glory to God, there's four of us in here hungry. No, I know there's a lot more than that. Man, because the Holy Ghost is in here, the anointing of the Holy Ghost is on here to preach. I can tell it. I hope that you can. I believe it is the will of God for Him to pour out of His Spirit upon us tonight and revolutionize somebody's life. I didn't say tweak it. I said revolutionize it. Do you know that Jesus is still in the revolutionary business? Man, He'll overwhelm you. He'll knock some stuff off of you and put some other stuff in you. And it won't ever be the same, never, ever, never, ever, never. And uh, I am, I promise you, in just a minute, going to share with you what I believe the Holy Ghost began dealing with me about, uh, well, quite a bit earlier, but man, this afternoon, it was just thick in here. And uh, before, though, I get to that place, let me look out here for a minute. Okay, before I get to that place, though, I got some scriptures from Psalms as we were sitting there. uh, No, as we were standing there singing, the Holy Ghost began to move and to minister to people all all through the place because I know I wasn't the only one that was sitting there and feeling like the Holy Ghost was just right with me. I mean, like almost in my jacket with me, Rhonda. Do you know what I'm talking about? I could tell it on you. It was like... It's like, you know, he wasn't sitting back there on the back row. It's like he was right in here in my pocket, you know, right right, right where my glasses are. That's going to help me read some scriptures to you in just a minute. And as, as, we were, as we were standing there, and I was worshiping, I was lifting my voice, and there was others in the, in the house with me, and we were worshiping, I thought about a couple of scriptures. So before I can really preach this message to you, I want to read something to you, uh, just some verses... Uh, uh, I never tell people don't open your Bible to this but I really just want you to hold steady and listen and just trust me for a minute that I'm not making this stuff up okay in Psalm chapter 5 verse 11 it says but let all those that put their trust in thee rejoice let them ever shout for joy because thou defendest them let them also that love thy name be joyful in thee Psalm 32, 11 says, Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, ye righteous, and shout for joy, all ye that are upright in heart. Psalm 35, 27 says, Let them shout for joy. Do y'all see what I'm talking about? And be what? Glad that favor my righteous cause. Yea, let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified, which hath pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. Psalm 65, 13 says this, The pastures are clothed with flocks. The valleys are also covered over with corn. They shout for joy, and they also sing. Psalm 132, verse 9 says, Let thy priests be clothed with righteousness, and let thy saints shout for joy. And so before I can preach, Kevin, I just had to share that. And before I can go any further, I need somebody in this place just to lift your hands and lift your voice with me and shout for joy if you favor His righteous cause. And so I worship and I honor you. And I shout for joy in the house of God tonight. I am rejoicing with one who has found exceeding great spoil. You are worthy to receive glory. You are worthy to receive worship. You are worthy to receive honor. You are worthy for me to bow my knees and humble my heart in the presence of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You alone deserve our undivided attention. You are worthy, hallelujah, to the Lamb of God that was slain. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let them shout for joy and be glad. Let them shout for joy. And so I'll just, you know, before I get to this message that I believe is going to bless you, I just want to remind you, sometimes when you walk into a place and the Holy Ghost is moving, I just want you to remember, sometimes you just need to lift your voice and shout unto God with a voice of triumph and just believe that as you do that and as you obey the Word, that you're yielding yourself to Him and He's just going to dump a big boatload of Holy Ghost joy right right in your lap. 
Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I have never got up in the morning and said, I'm just too happy today. Huh? I just got too much joy. I just got too much strength. I just got too much power at work in my life. I better just stay here. Don't even get up today. I'm just going to stay right here in this bed. No, no, no. Hadn't nobody ever done that. Why is that? Because we need joy and strength every morning. And I thank God. I thank God, Kevin, it ain't never ended for me. Anytime I ever shout for joy, I get joy. Amen. It's not a hit and miss thing with God. I'm going to say that again just because I like to hear myself say it. I say it's not a hit or miss thing with God. If he says shout unto the Lord with shout unto the Lord with a voice of triumph, that must mean that you can shout unto the Lord with a voice of triumph. Not one that's been defeated whether you are or whether you're not. As a son of God, you have a voice of triumph imprinted on your spirit the moment you got born again. Glory to God. I hope you heard what I said. Glory to God. So today, we're going to get to what I came over here to tell you. Turn you to Romans chapter 8. And so, uh, I might as well just tell you the truth. I didn't sleep well last night. So I laid my, laid my head down to take a nap this afternoon. But as soon as I got pretty close to asleep, Holy Ghost started talking to me. I said, not right now, I'm trying to sleep. <laughs> I'm just telling you the truth, you know, I might as well not lie about it, right? And so I said, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to sleep, man. I got lots of sermons in the can. I'm ready to go. I really need to rest. Holy Ghost just kept on. And so what you're getting tonight isn't necessarily the sermon I came down here prepared to share with you tonight. No, it's one I've been working on in my heart, and I've been, I've been dealing with it. But this right here is, if you can receive it, fresh bread from heaven. Now, I don't ever, every time I, you know, I preach a lot, but every time I get up, I don't say, no, this is hot off the press, baby. And I very rarely say, thus saith the Lord, Kevin. But I'm telling you, today, I got up off of my weary behind, and I drug it over here, and in, in, in a, just a short little two-hour time frame, I can stand here tonight and tell you, thus saith the Lord, if you have faith to receive it, God's going to do something in your life tonight. Yeah, I'm telling you, you're going to be glad you're not at home watching TV by the time this place ends tonight. I believe that. I believe God has a desire to bless you tonight beyond your imagination, any, beyond anything you've ever hoped, dreamed, or imagined for. Today's the day. I believe He can open up the window of heaven and pour out a blessing you don't have room enough to receive. Did you just hear what I said? How many of you know that God is still in the window opening, blessing pouring out business? I can testify to it. As a matter of fact, I could give my wife 15 minutes right now and I know she could bring you, everyone, to your knees with tears. This just ain't the time for it. But I'm telling you, the Lord is faithful to perform His Word in your life. Glory to God. In Romans chapter 8, we're just going to start here and we're going to look at a couple of verses. Romans chapter 8 is my very favorite chapter in the Bible. Romans is my, chapter, is my favorite book. Romans chapter 8 is my favorite chapter. And so we're dealing tonight with some of my most favorite, most favorite verses in my most favorite chapter, in my most favorite book. Romans 8. 31 says this. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us. Oh, my Lord, have mercy. If God be for us, who can be against us? And look, this ain't even the scripture I'm going to preach. But listen to me close. I'm telling you, I want you to get it. If you've got a thick skull, I don't know about East Texas people, but sometime in South Arkansas, some of us, it just seemed like we grew up with thick skulls, Kevin. Hard-headed people. Now, I know in East Texas we got hard-working people. In Arkansas, though, we got hard-headed people. 
And so, you know, I don't want to insult you by saying I want somebody to get this through your thick head. But I just, just a saying, I grew up hearing my whole life, boy, you better get this through your thick head. Sometimes they'd say skull, but mostly, you know, everybody I, that I was in a relationship with from the time probably I was old enough to know there was such a thing, knew that I had a stubborn nature. And so sometimes things just had to get beat into my head. And so tonight, I'm not intending to beat you about the head. But please don't leave here before you come to the great realization and revelation that God is on your side in life. That He is not opposed to you. He is not against you. He's not interested in humbling you. He's interested in you humbling yourself in His presence so that He might, what, lift you up or exalt you in due time. He, well, he, he's interested in your humility, don't get me wrong, but He's not in heaven tonight sitting there waiting to slap you about the head for every mistake you've ever made. I just I want to deal with that mentality right now, going forward. I'm not saying God don't deal with your mistakes. Notice the preacher did not say that. What I'm telling you is tonight ain't that kind of a message where God's going to deal with you about everything you've ever done wrong. I'm telling you tonight, what shall we then say to these things? That means before you leave, I want somebody to say these words out of your mouth or something very similar. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? So somebody say that right now. If God be for me, who can be against me? Let's make it personal to ourselves. If God be for me, who can be against me? Let me answer that question. And that is, there is not a foe in hell that can stand against your God. Glory to God. That must mean that, you know, in our county, Kevin, cancer seems to be running rampant. And I'll tell you this right now, that cancer cannot stand in the eyes and in the presence of God. No, it may look like it's winning, but it won't in the end, baby. Heart disease cannot stand in the presence of God. I'm just telling you, it may look like it's running rampant in your community. But God, hallelujah, is on the side of those that have humbled themselves and received His Son. And those kind of things cannot stand in His presence. Hallelujah. Glory to God. If God be for us, I'm just telling you, God's on your side. God's on your side. I could could just stop right now and that ought to be enough. I say God is on your side. Glory to God. Man, I know there's times when He opposed me. Y'all know what I'm talking about? You, maybe y'all been saved for so long, you done forgot to pit. But I remember a season in my life when I, I wasn't on the right team, baby. And God was not opening up the windows of heaven and seeking to pour out a blessing on me. He was trying to put a hook in my jaw and bring me back unto himself. Verse 32 said, now look here. Man, I just can't hardly talk. I'm so excited. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Now, tonight's message is freely the freely give part. But before I get to the freely give part, I want to deal with a couple of things that's just in this verse. So if y'all excuse me, I'm going to go back to my notes here. Not because really that I need them, but because I got a couple of things in here that I want to just... Uh, Isaiah chapter 53. Now, the Bible says, He that spared not his own son. That means when it says spared not his own son, we could really spin that around a little bit and say he freely offered his son. All right, That means he freely gave his son. He freely sold his son into humanity. He freely said, okay, son, you can go. He, it, was, it, was, it, it was nothing that God said. I like how one preacher said it. God never has said, uh-oh. When humanity fell, when Adam committed that sin, God didn't say, uh-oh, what are we going to do? No, no, no. I want to remind you, Jesus is the lamb, the spotless lamb, slain before the foundations of the world. God 
God had a plan to rescue you, to rescue me from the enemy's snare before Adam ever fell. Glory to God. If he can see that big, I believe he can see what's taking place in Houston County tonight. Don't you? Man, if he could, if he could put a plan in motion to circumvent the enemy's attempt to destroy humanity. I would love to take you to Genesis chapter 3, where, where the Lord... <laughs> we're not going to. Okay, well, I'm not going to. In Genesis chapter 3, I just want to remind you that the Father Himself told Satan, He said, I'm going to put enmity between thee and her seed. And what? Y'all know the rest of it, right? Huh? You're going to bruise his heel, but he's going to bruise your head. Genesis chapter 3, from the very beginning, from the very beginning of the fall, from the very beginning, it was prophesied that the devil was going to live for a long time with brain damage. We are living in the days of a brain-damaged Satan. Glory to God. Glory to God. Isaiah 53 tells us, this. I'm going to read it to you. You can turn over there, Isaiah 53. Y'all love Isaiah 53? I believe every blood-bought, Holy Ghost-filled Christian loves Isaiah 53. I just do. I believe it. I just, man, Isaiah 53, I just love me some Isaiah 53. I'm just going to read uh, three verses, four, five, and six. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted, but he was wounded. For my transgressions. Excuse me if I just uh, twist that a little bit. He was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquities. The chastisement of my peace was on him, and with his stripes I received healing. All we like sheep have gone astray, we have turned everyone to his own way. Listen to this. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. And so when it says in Romans chapter 38, 32, that he spared not his own son, but he delivered him up for us all, look, we can't just read through that and not remember that really what happened was when Jesus hung on the cross, it was more than just the... Excuse me, I'm going to say it this way. Lord, help me to say this right. This was not the martyr, martyrdom of a good man. This was a sacrificial lamb laying down his life, spilling the blood of the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and he received upon his own body as he hung there on the cross the sin of humanity. The iniquity of us all hung upon him as he as he hung on the cross. And so when it says glory to God, you got to get this. I'm just telling you, you got to get this. So when it says in Romans 8, verse 32, He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, remember in the eyes of God, that's what he sees. You know, some of us sometimes see a cute little uh, felt board story from when we were in Sunday school, you know, when we were a little kid. I'm all for felt board stories in Sunday school, but this is not just some little felt board story in Sunday school that we learn about when we toddlers. No, but this is the Lord having the iniquity of mankind laid upon him. This is where the enmity that existed between God and humanity was resolved. This was when humanity is, is able now to have peace with God. Amen. Glory to God. Peace with God. You know, you came to church this morning, you have peace with God. I just like to remind you this evening, the Bible says the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth, looking to show himself strong on someone whose heart is, the Bible says, in King James it says, is perfect with him. But really what you, what you look at, if you, if you start looking around and snooping around and digging around there, he says that peace with. And so the blood of Jesus that we're talking about right now puts you in perfect peace with God, which qualifies you to stand out in the eyes of God. So when he's running his eyes through throughout the whole earth looking to show himself strong on someone's behalf, then that brings you, baby. That means you're glowing in the eyes of God. He can just look down and he can move his eyes. He can sweep his eyes all over the place. And he sees you standing out from the crowd. Glory. Now let's keep going here. How shall he not also with him, or I say with him also, 
how shall they not with him also freely give us all things? Now, I had a preacher say it this way to me a long time ago. It stuck, and so I'm just going to share with you, and I'm sure that you've heard it before. This is nothing new. I hadn't said anything new to you. I know tonight some of y'all hadn't heard anything new. But I just want to remind you that if the Father gave you his Son, what in this earth do you think he will withhold from you? I'm just going to say that again because I bless myself. I say if the Father... Now, most of us, you know, we believe that if we was we teach the kids, you know, if you were the only person in the world, Jesus still would have come. Y'all believe that? Y'all taught that to your kids? You teaching that to your kids? We taught that to the kids. I hope my kids still remember. We taught that to kids. We believe that. Well, listen, if you believe that, then what do you think is sitting in heaven tonight that God is sitting back and saying, no, no, no. Not today. No, no, no. You hadn't been good enough. No, no, no. I'm telling you tonight, before we leave here, somebody's going to hear for themselves the Holy Ghost saying, yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. You're qualified. Yes, yes, yes. You. I'm looking to bless you. I'm looking to infuse you with strength. I'm looking to pour the Holy Ghost out on you. Yes, it's you I'm looking to heal. Yes, it's you I'm looking to fill with joy. Yes, yes, yes. It's you, you, you. My answer is yes. Glory to God. So I'm telling you, when I came over here this afternoon, I had one verse in my head. And by the time I got through scratching and, and typing, I got one phrase, Kevin. I've been talking for how long, and I'm just now getting to my point, and that is this. <laughs> Freely receive. That's real simplistic, isn't it? Freely receive. Just freely receive. I don't know how many times I'm going to say that. I, I'm not opposed to being redundant. I'm just not. Here a little, there a little. Here a little, there a little. Redundancy. I'm a fan of redundancy. I don't want to be boring, but I'm not opposed to being redundant. So look, the price has been paid. The blood has been shed. I'm not in the business tonight of trying to get something from God simply by being good enough. I believe that the blood of Jesus was shed so that I could go free, and it is free to me. However... It cost the Father his Son, and the Son his life. And so I'll just tell you this, that Jesus paid too high a price. My wife's heard this before, I've heard it before, you've heard it before. Jesus paid too high a price for your freedom for you to stay bound. He paid too high a price by receiving stripes on his body for you to be healed, for you to stay sick. He, re- he paid too high a price for your peace for you to stay bound. He paid too high a price for, he- for your joy for you to stay depressed. He paid too high a price so that you could walk out of the prison doors as a free man or a free woman for you to live willingly behind bars that no longer exist anywhere except in your imagination. Glory to God. Man, I'm just, I'm just going, can I just remind you something? You have been transferred from the kingdom of darkness and you are now a child of the light. Glory to God. Darkness does not rule in your life. When darkness tries to invade, just remember, turn on the light and go free. I'm telling you, the Lord wants you to be free. Whom the Son has set free is free indeed. And I don't believe free for just a little while. I don't believe free for just during a wonderful worship service. Though that worship service was wonderful, I believe the Lord was beginning to work freedom in somebody's life here tonight. And you can walk out of this place today filled with such strength and vitality. You feel like a new man, ready to, as my pastor used to say, swing out over hell on a cornstalk and spit in the devil's eye, baby. I went to a different kind of Bible school than some people did. I'm not opposed to theology school. But the Bible school I went to, the pastor said crazy stuff like that. 
swing out over hell on a cornstalk and spit in the devil's eye. He was challenging me as a young man to not back down when the devil tried to stop me. Don't back down. Don't stop. Don't slow down. Don't stutter step. Keep your face set like flint and go forward in Jesus' name. Glory to God. Yeah, Kevin said press. 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 Don't stop. Don't ever, ever stop. Never stop. Don't stop. Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Man, I got some good verses about this. Glory to God. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, that's what I told you, isn't it? Sometimes I, my mouth don't say what my, my eyes see. I know y'all probably don't ever have that problem, but sometimes my brain and my tongue disconnect for just a minute. 1 Corinthians. Did I say first? Thank God. So I said it right, but I turned to second. See, I told you sometimes. Did I? Oh, hold on, let me look, because I got two in my notes. Now, look, in my defense, I've got 2 Corinthians 1.20 followed by 1 Corinthians 2.12. In my defense, I looked at one one time and another the next, and there's just a few, just a couple inches between them. Yeah. What? <laughs> Who's on second? Yeah, I don't remember where what was. What? What? Second Corinthians one twenty. I'm gonna leave my Bible sitting up there, and I'm just gonna look at my notes. Thank the Lord for two point five reading glasses. Second Corinthians one twenty said, "For all of the promises in Him are, yeah." And in Him, amen, under the glory of God by us. All of the promises. All. Which ones are the answers yes to, Kevin? All of them. Which one is God trying to hold back from you tonight? None of them. All of the promises of God are what? Yes and amen. They're all what? Yes and amen. She's so pretty. Second Peter one four. Now y'all already know I told you First Corinthians two twelve a minute ago, but I'm gonna do this in order because apparently if I get them all out of whack, I'm gonna get messed up. Somebody will sit there and laugh at me. I'm gonna have to try to remember who's on third before the night's over with. Second Peter one four says, uh, "Whereby are giving unto us exceeding great and precious promises." But no, look we uh. We all believe that, don't we? Exceeding great and precious promise. Yes, the Lord is good. Let's just read the last last half of that, if you would. That by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Let me tell you, the Lord wants to make manifest His promises in your life, and when when that begins to happen, He says here uh, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature. So I'm not a great, you know, uh, theologian, and uh, I don't have super-duper logic skills, but it just seems to me that if the, prom- the more of the promises of God that are working in my life, the more I'm going to be like Him. The more I partake of His divine nature, then the more His divine nature is at work in me. That means the more Christ-like I am. So it's not me being selfish to say, Lord, I need Your promises at work in my life. It's me being hungry for Him and me having a desire and you having a desire to have our characters overhauled such that we become more like Him and less like us. Glory to God. How many of you decided you need to be more like him and less like you? Glory to God. Not to insult you or your mama or your daddy. But I know for a fact I need to be more like Jesus and less like me. Now, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I don't got any problem with just looking at verse after verse after verse and being redundant. The word does. It's just how I roll. 1 Corinthians 2.12 says, Now we have received. If you were here last night, 
Now we have received. Now we have received. I just, you know, again, it said now we have received. It don't say we're going to receive. It says now we have received. And so I just like to acknowledge that this is the present actual possession of this believer. I said, this is my present actual possession. There's people out there, I believe, that are striving for this and praying for this. I'd just like to acknowledge in my own life that now I have received not the spirit of the world. We reject that. How many of you pray against that pretty regularly? I pray that over my kids all the time. Lord, I just reject and and rebuke the spirit of this world that will try to get itself and light on my children. I would encourage every parent, every grandparent to pray that. Lord, we just we ain't having the spirit of the world. All right. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, the Holy Ghost. Look, look what the Holy Ghost will do for you. That we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Man, Lord, have mercy. Freely given to us of God. Freely given. Freely given. Freely given? That's what it said, freely given. And so you got people walking around the night trying to earn something in the eyes of God when the Lord would just like to open up the windows of heaven once you acknowledge the blood of, of His Son and just pour out upon your life some of these exceeding great and precious promises. And so tonight's message is real simple. It is this, freely received, baby, freely received. You might have to turn your head off, but freely received. You might have to put your logic on the shelf. You might have to put your preconceived notions on on the shelf, but freely receive. If you've got any sense at all, and I know you do, all I want you to do is say, yeah, that's what I'm doing, is I'm going to freely receive. That means I'm not looking to pay any price for it. I'm not looking to become more pious. I'm just looking to freely receive whatever it is that God has for me. I'm just just looking to freely receive. I'm just... Right here on the second night of a revival, I'm just looking to freely get me something from heaven. I'm just looking to boldly approach the throne of grace and find me one more dose of mercy and one more uh, one more day of grace. I'm looking for me something from heaven. I know that if he's my father, I can just walk right in. I'm not coming in the back door. I'm boldly approaching the throne of grace. I'm walking right in. I'm walking right in, and I'm opening the cupboard doors, baby. I believe that He has prepared a table for for me in the presence of my enemies. And on that table, glory to God, is some peace, is some joy, is some strength, is some vitality, is energy to run my race, is wisdom, glory to God. And so tonight, I'm in the business of freely receiving. I'm not trying to make something happen. I'm just going to freely receive, glory to God. Freely receive. Freely, just freely receive it from heaven. Where you're sitting right now, freely receive. I receive it. I receive it from heaven in Jesus' name. And so we ain't done looking at scriptures. I want you to go to Psalm chapter 84. I'm not in any hurry. I am looking at the clock to make sure I don't violate, you know, some sort of written or unwritten rule, but Kevin didn't tell me I had to shut up before 8.30 or 9. So, you know, if you get bored or depressed or something like that, it won't hurt my feelings for you to leave unless you're the pastor. All of that don't bother me. In Psalm chapter 84, now you know this, this is not the first time you've read this. I'm just tonight in the business of reminding you of some things. Kind of like last night. I ain't got deep yet. I know some stuff. I'm just not talking about that. Psalm 84:11. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. And I wish I could talk to you about grace. And I wish I could talk to you about glory. But this says, No good thing will He withhold from them that walk uprightly. No good thing. Do you see that in your Bible? No good thing. Now this is not in my notes, but I'd just like to remind you that the Bible says in James chapter 1 that every good gift and every person 
perfect gift, cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. I'd just like to remind you that every good thing you've already got in your life, if you didn't get it because you were so smart, or you were so special, or your parents did this, or your parents did that, it is solely because the Lord God is a sun and a shield, and He will open up the windows of heaven and bless you. Every good gift you've got in your life, every good gift you've ever gotten from the time you got that. Now, I know I'm not the only one in this room that old, but do y'all remember big wheels? Now, I know some of y'all grew up in the country. Now, I lived till I was 12 in the city. And in the city, we had sidewalks. Did anybody other than me grow up where you had a sidewalk, you could ride a big wheel down? Did you get to have a big wheel when you was a kid and ride the... You did? Glory to God. Huh? For the, I know Carla tell me what it was like growing up in the country. And, and, I, and I couldn't do some of those things. But I lived close enough to the country. I could, and I know my mama would be upset at me if she ever knew we would get on our bicycles and we'd ride out to the country in miles. She had no idea. She thought we was playing in the lot next door. We way out in the slough in North Little Rock. So anyhow... Man, you could get, we got those big wheels, me and my brothers did, and I, I couldn't have been over about six, about Caleb's age. Man, them big wheels on the back of that and them pedals on that front, and that Christmas morning was nice, Allie. I ain't never, I'm 42, I'll tell you how old I am, I'm 42. I couldn't have been over about six or seven, and we were living in North Little Rock, and I got that bicycle, on oh, that bicycle, that big wheel on Christmas. Man, you talk about fun times then. Is you could go anywhere. You could go for blocks. That was before, you know, it, all, every mama was scared to death to let their kids outside the house. I'm not. I'm still not a big fan of that mentality. And so, at any rate, man, we could play, Kevin. It was fun. Oh, it was fun. Kevin's thinking about a video clip right now. <laughs> Posted on Facebook. My wife said, "Is this okay with you?" I know what I was going to say. It was already there. <laughs> Look, man, and my own daddy that loved me after the flesh knew how to give me a big wheel when I lived in town just so I could have a little fun while I was six or seven. What in the world do you think your heavenly father who sowed Jesus into your life is going to hold back from you? I believe he'll open up the windows of heaven and give you something better than a big wheel. And when you're six or seven-year-old boy, Big Wheel is a pretty good deal. Or it used to be. Now I know what it is. Glory to God. Just thank the Lord you can pay for it. Or just don't. And so, and so this is what I'm going to do in order to close this message in a nice, neat, proper way. I'm going to share with you some of the things that I am standing and believing for. So this is kind of making this a little bit personal for myself. And so maybe perhaps you aren't standing and believing God for anything. So I would just like to remind you, or I want you to do this, and you, I want you to half listen to me, and I want the other half of you to be, to be thinking about some of these exceeding great and precious promises you need to be believing for. You know, I, I have learned this in life. Sometimes we get so busy that we just forget. We get busy raising kids. We get busy working. Some of us work 40 or 50 hours. Some of us work 60, 70, 80 hours. We just get busy. And, uh, and I, I'm not opposed to working, and I'm not opposed to being busy, and I, I, don't, I don't want you to think that I am but sometimes the affairs of life crowd out those things that are really most important. And so uh, what we're going to do is, is I, I want you to, if you didn't walk in here, and, you know, we used to sing a song, and y'all probably still do, Standing on the Promises. Y'all still sing that? You know what I'm talking about, Standing on the Promises? Look, before we leave here, make sure your feet are firmly planted on the promise of God. Make sure you're believing for one thing. If, if, your, faith can't, if your faith can't grab two, grab one anyway. And, and if I've been talking and you hadn't thought of one single thing, then you need to quit messing with what you're messing with and start listening to me. I love everybody. <laughs> so this is what I'm believing for. Victory over the forces of this world. 
I don't know about you, but I have encountered some supernatural opposition in my life lately. And so I'm just going to share with you some of the verses that I have. One of these I just preached, and I may very well preach it to you tomorrow. I'm not 100% sure, but this is one I just pre- this is This is fresh off the press. Luke 10:19 says, Behold, I give unto you power. And that word power there, I'll give you a little mini Bible lesson, is the Greek word exousia which means delegated authority. That, that's what that word means, delegated authority. Now, this is not in my notes. This is free. I'm not charging you a dime for this. <laughs> Jesus, talking to his disciples, he sent out 72, 770, 35 groups of two, 70. So he gave them delegated authority, to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power. Now, that word power is dunamis. And normally when we study dunamis, we're talking about the miraculous working power of the Most High God. But this time, that word dunamis refers to specifically the energy, the power, and the might of the devil. And so it's like this. Jesus wanted, wanted you to know that He has delegated His authority so that you could overcome all of the energy that the devil possesses. All the power. So we think about how much power the devil has, and he does have some power and some influence in the world. Now, I don't really want to build up the devil, but we understand you've lived for long enough to know that the devil's got him some power at work in this world. But I would just like to remind you tonight that you do not have to bow at the knees of the power of the devil because Jesus has delegated his authority to you. Glory to God. Well, I preached that hard Sunday. I was happy about it myself. 2 Corinthians 2.14 says this, Now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph, and maketh manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. Now thanks be unto God who always causes you to triumph. When does he cause you to triumph? Always and in everything. Glory to God. I hope that's helping somebody other than me. And just because I like it so much, I'm going to read 1 John 5, 4 to you. It says, For whatsoever is born of God, I wish that said in King James, whosoever, for whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. Glory to God. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. Even our faith. Whosoever is born of God overcomes the world. You walk by faith and not by sight and you overcome the world. I'm just telling you, walk by faith and not by sight and it won't matter in the grand scheme of things who the president is in 2009. This is another thing. I... I, uh, I've been believing God for some healing to take place in my body. And so I'm just going to tell you that 1 Peter 2.24 says this, Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sin, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. As a matter of fact, let's just go ahead and go to... Now, you don't have to turn there, but you know, some of y'all... These are some of the very earliest verses I memorized. And so, I try not to just always stand, stand in front of them and just quote stuff that I know. Because one, I, sometimes I just don't like how it looks. And two, I want you to actually look for yourself in the Bible. But Matthew eight seventeen says this, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying himself, took our infirmities... I just like to stop right there. That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet. We looked at Isaiah the prophet 20 minutes ago, 30 minutes ago. Matthew, it says that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken. And so you got Isaiah saying, By whose stripes you're healed. You got Matthew writing down and saying that it might be fulfilled, what he said. And then you got Peter a few years later saying, By whose stripes ye were healed. And so you got one of them that points to the cross, one of them that took place in the time when Jesus was there, and then you got one that's written after the cross. And so I'd just like to take a minute now and rejoice and say this to you that healing was taken care of on the cross of Christ. And I hope you can get I hope you can get that. If you can't, just keep studying it till you get it. 
Wisdom, another thing. You know, I need wisdom. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, with all my getting, I'm trying to get understanding. Hmm. So 1 Corinthians one thirty says this, But if him are you in Christ Jesus, who of God has made unto us wisdom and righteousness, sanctification and redemption? And so I'd just like to say this over myself right now, that Jesus is my wisdom. Jesus is my wisdom. It means I'm not relying on natural wisdom, though I believe God for natural wisdom. But I also believe God for supernatural wisdom. I'd like to spend ten minutes just talking about what wisdom really is and what wisdom really is not, because this world has sure got that thing twisted. James 1, 5 says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God to give it to all men liberally, and upbraideth not. No, I want you to, I know I've changed, I want you to understand I really hadn't changed the subject by just standing up here and reading verses to you. I know this is not Sunday school. I know this is revival. Just remember that when I was out here praying and hooping and hollering four or five hours ago, it was what? Freely received. One more thing. No, two more things. And then we're going to worship together. Isaiah 61, 3 says this to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion to give unto them beauty for ashes the oil of joy for mourning the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness that they might be called trees of righteousness the planting of the Lord that he might be glorified and so I am I'm desiring an extra dose of joy at work in my life I have found I had just such a summer that things just seemed to get too serious I'm just not being, I'm, I'm, well, I'll say it this way. I have a natural inclination to be too serious. I don't take myself that serious at all. I hope I, I hope I don't. But I tend to live my life a little bit too seriously. And so when, when I find myself getting bogged down in that, then that to me kind of sucks the joy out of life. Not that I don't, I mean, I, I value spontaneity, but at the same time, if I'm, if I'm just being too serious, then it seems, to, it seems to me that one of the things that I do is joy just seems to start sucking out of my life. It's like just joy. Just I'm, Carol's being too serious. No joy, no joy, no joy. And so uh, I am believing God, and I am desiring some joy to be imparted to me. And I believe that tonight as we were standing there and I was worshiping that joy was imparted to me. Isaiah 61, 7 says, For your shame you shall have double, and for confusion they shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore in their land they shall possess the double. Everlasting joy shall be unto them. And so I just reminded myself that the Lord himself would like to give me some joy from my morning and for it never to ever, ever, never, ever, ever, in, never, ever, ever crowned with joy. And I hope this does not hurt anybody's feelings, but another thing that I'm believing God for is increase in finances in my home. Now, Carla and I are doing better than we've ever done, and she could testify more clearly to that. I probably make more money now than I've ever made. I spend more money than I've ever spent. But I am believing God to increase financially. We have... Our daughters now are uh, 20 and 17. And uh, it's been my experience that as they age, they don't cost less. <laughs> Sorry, Mikey. <it> just <laughs> Proverbs 3, 9 says this, and again, I hope this don't bother you. But Proverbs 3, 9 says, Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst forth with new wine. Glory to God. And so I made, my wife and I made uh, the, the solid decision a long time ago when my tithe wasn't sometimes but, but $20 a week to honor the Lord with my substance. 
My, I'm, I'm just telling you, when, I, we were, when we were in Bible school and we were first married, man, tithing, tithing really wasn't a stretch. But, uh, it, it, uh, it saved my life. I'm just telling you. It's, tithing saved my life. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 says, But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man, according as, as he uh, purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. And so, hallelujah, I am and my wife is, we are cheerful givers. That is, I've never, after I've, I never have I ever put a check or, a, or anything in the offering plate where I immediately wished I had, I had kept that for myself. Not one time. The Lord loves a cheerful giver. He loves people that will just have enough faith to stretch in their finances. Who, who don't mind going, you know, if the tithe is thirty nine sixty seven, go on ahead and write a check for $40. Oh, I'm sorry, Kevin. Yeah, they just sat there. A cheerful giver. And so, you know, if I'm believing God for an increase in resources to come into me and my and me and mine, you, you got that reference, did you? Okay, me and mine. Okay, if I'm believing God for an increase in resources to come into me and mine, then I must honor the Lord with my substance and with the first fruits of all my increases. I must be a cheerful giver. I must allow him access to my resources if I want access to his. And so this sermon started quite loudly 30 or 45 minutes ago with Romans 8, 31, 32. And there shall I close. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? How shall he not also with him freely give us all things? And so I've been, you know, loud and I've been quiet. I've shouted, and I've just read some Bible verses to you. I've even given you a Greek definition or two. And really all of it was just to get you to this place, to where you could say at 8.30 at night on this Saturday, whatever in August it is, I guess maybe the 15th, for somebody to stand up in this place and say, Lord, freely give me the things that I need in life. Lord, I'm not. I'm just asking you right now to open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing upon my life. Lord, I'm not trying to be good enough. I'm not trying mm, to entreat your favor. I believe by grace I have your favor. I believe tonight is the night where the Lord God Almighty Himself wants to impart to you something that you've been believing for, maybe for days, maybe for hours, maybe for weeks. But this is a moment where somebody in the house can freely receive from heaven. I'm telling you, if God be for you, that obstacle that's standing in front of you cannot stand against you.